It is Monday the 25th of November 2019 and this is episode 365 of Digital Outbox. Welcome along to another episode. I'm Chris and Ian's here, as always. Just realised it's a whole non-leap year's worth of episodes. Ah, there we go. There's a number, another number that we should celebrate. Woo! Yeah, that that's... Wow, we've done one for every day of a non-leap year. And we'll do one in a couple of weeks' time, which means we're covered off next year, which is a leap year. There you go. Sorted. Lovely. Anyway, evening, Chris. That's, that's a lot of talking, isn't it? A lot of talking. What are we going to talk about tonight? Well, we're going to talk about quite a few things, but mostly what we talked about before. In <laughs> Oh, no, this is a new one. Facebook are recording um, your, using your iPhone's camera while you scroll your feed. So this was a big story that popped up. Someone had done some investigation and they, they kind of noticed that their camera was uh, running when they were scrolling down their Facebook uh, feed and... They kind of did all the investigation into it, and then they said, yeah, it is. It's recording stuff. So they highlighted this. Um, uh, it was kind of a worry for people, I guess, at, at one point. I should think so. So Facebook, there's always been a smell around, you know, they're recording voice in the background, and that's how when you... You know, when you're when you're talking to your mate about buying a mattress, you, you go in on Facebook and there's a mattress advert, you're like, come on. And, and yeah, I, how on earth? Yeah. And there still seems to be a lot of coincidental stuff around that. Mm-hmm. Um but this is a bit worrisome that, that scrolling through Facebook would turn your camera on. That's pretty so, horrible bug. As was expected, and the cynical will say, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course it was. And the the enlightened would probably say, not the enlightened, the, the fanboys, I'm trying to work out the right word. Basically, Facebook came along and said, this is a bug. We corrected something where the Facebook kept launching into... Uh, landscape mode when it shouldn't have done and unfortunately that meant that a slither of the uh, camera was uh, camera uh, visual was was presented on screen which actually meant that the camera then turned itself on Uh, it sounds a bit weird but anyway they corrected one mistake they're saying and it caused this other one it was only on ios as far as people were aware uh, and actually only on uh, version 13 i think someone said it, so it was it really was tied back to a, a, a version of ios and a version of the facebook app um so version 246 of the facebook app okay. um and and it was fixed that day so so we have no evidence of photos or videos being uploaded due to this <laughs> and I th- but i think they, they obviously realized that that is a damaging bug to have you know if yeah. you've got people in the wild and it's accidentally launching the camera when you've not asked for it, that's pretty worrying. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree, especially when you've got the stink around you like the Facebook has right now. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm inclined to believe that it was a bug, and but the fact that they've got no evidence of photos and videos uploaded kind of says they don't really have a handle on it yet because <laughs> having no evidence doesn't mean, isn't a denial that it happened. <laughs> I, so, I just I just love that photo or video. Can't remember which it was. Where Zuckerberg's working at, at Facebook, and in his laptop, he's got a, you know a bit of paper over the camera. It's the only solution. Yeah, I, I, so a couple of guys at work have now got um, they've got, and you can you can buy these things. But you know how you, you know how like on um, 
now like you've got your notch and your iPhone and you've got the, the, the Samsung Galaxy just a circle mm-hmm. you can get little stickers that you can just slide <laughs> slide the camera slide the thing <laughs> over the camera I'm like surely that's a bit over the top and they're like no I don't trust it I guess I guess maybe maybe you should develop a case a case that has a, a sliding I, shutter I, I think there will already be one I mm. cannot believe that somebody hasn't done that already um, yeah but I guess ultimately we invite this technology into our home um, and it has cameras and microphones on it and those cameras and microphones can be used. I mean, as much as they're protected, I guess like like it says, if an app's written in the wrong way, it, it can turn them on. Um, You're looking you can for cases to, now, You can you? go to eyepatchcase.com and get an eyepatch case for your okay. camera. We are also seeing this week in well this this period in particular lots of um payment news and and it firms and technology firms going into the banking business um so that's certainly this next section we're going into now is talking about that so we'll we'll talk about it more generally in a second but the first one is facebook's released uh facebook pay which is uh, another payment system they're working on. So we talked a couple of weeks back or a couple of episodes ago around um oh crikey what's their Libra. Crypto, Libra, their cryptocurrency that all of the bankers and all of the the kind of industry pulled away from. So everyone moved away from that and they kind of Facebook are a bit exposed on that front. But they come up with Facebook Pay, which is using all the traditional banking systems. Uh, and now that's the way that WhatsApp payments are going to be happening. And it's also going to be integrated into Facebook and um, in, yeah, Instagram, and Facebook as well as WhatsApp. Um and this one obviously is being supported because it's going through the traditional methods. Yeah, so it supports like you know all your you know Mastercard, Visa, supports PayPal, um, uses Stripe and PayPal and others to process the payments. So as, as you say, a, a bit like Apple Pay, a bit like other things that have launched. But as you say, there's this there's this whole thing about tech firms feel they have to be doing this. It's a bit like the you know we need to be now a payment and bank kind of service. We need to be a TV firm. We need to be offering you know we need to be a streaming firm. We need to be this this feeling that they have to offer the whole I guess, shebang. I guess again, it's a bit. It's the end to end solution, isn't it? That's that seems to be where it's coming from. And and payments are one of those things that can offer friction. And I guess they're thinking if we get control of the end to end process here, we can we can reduce those friction uh, friction areas even more. Um, but yeah, Google offering a checking account now. <laughs> so again, they're partnering up with with banks to offer a checking account. Obviously, that's. Yeah, the, People asking why they're doing this, and I guess the other thing is they get a lot of information from you know those transactions that happen. But effectively, none of these firms are really doing these things themselves. They are just branding over the top of uh, effectively banks that that are offering it. So in Apple's case, with their um, with their credit card and whatever, that's that's Goldman Sachs, isn't it? I think it is. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Google are, are working in collaboration with. Um, other banks and things to do this so it's not really a google bank at all um but i guess that gives them access to that data because it they're, they're fronting it and therefore they have access into that stuff yeah and as, as you say so google have had google i think they've got a google wallet as well so they've got yeah. a lot already and this yep. just feels like uh you know why not do this and as you say google the, the insatiable desire to capture all information you know probably why they bought fitbit to, to, to i wonder i wonder whether it, information. you know I guess I guess they're still that data firm, and therefore it is still that's their main driving force. But do you, could it just be end-to-end processing, and therefore they've just, it, it, or is, do you think it is all still data? It, it, it might be. I mean, it always 
always kind of catch myself because I always say, like, I always think data is like an information slash data firm, and then the, the kind of more cynical part like, no, they're nothing to do with data and information. They're an advert firm. It's all mm. about advertising, everything. But else. then just, their data drives that, though, yeah, doesn't and it? Yeah, and, and it's just a, everything's a front for them to sell an ad. And I'm like, mm. well, okay. I, 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 I get that, but at the same time, the number of services that they've brought that have been genuinely useful, you know, yeah. revolutionised, you know, technology and internet, it's kind of hard to say that adverts weren't the right answer to deliver that. I think it's, well, um, they, have to, they have to support those services. So, exactly. so it's like or, chicken and egg in, in or, a way. Or let me pay for it and, and most people wouldn't have bought them. So, But it is very hard to define a company that is now so, it's, it's so loose in a way, isn't it? And say adding banking, it just, it's not something you traditionally think about uh, they'd need to go in. And I'm sure 10 years ago, they definitely didn't think they were going to go into banking. No, and, and again, I think the one that stands out the most difficult for me is is is, is like an Apple. They had to me had very clear lines. Initially, you've seen them get into credit cards and into TV. It seems it's, a really strange. Thing you know? I mean, TV less so. I can see how that's moved and the technology has gone that way. But yeah, but credit cards just doesn't. It seems unsightly almost. Unsightly. Especially, especially like it looks. You know, they've had a couple of really you know dodgy moments recently with a that it's dead easy to get a card. And be this whole thing that, um, and I kind of because it became slightly unproven, and and I kind of kept it out of the, the notice. But this idea that, as you know, it was it was like a, a guy and his wife applied for a credit card, and the guy's credit yes. card rating was huge mm-hmm. compared to his wife's, even though the wife yeah. was the biggest earner. And it was like that's that's not right. And his whole thing was you know this is bull, this is sexist. I'm calling you out, Apple. And then there was other people, including um, was it was it? I think Steve Wozniak said, "Yep, happened in our family too." So it was like you know, a guy that founded Apple basically saying, "This is." And and when Goldman Sachs had to turn and say, "We are, we did, we do not offer different credit based on your, you know, based on your sex." But something's driving that algorithm. Well, I was going to say that it's it's algorithm driven, and therefore, yeah, it's it's something written into that algorithm, even if it's not directly sexist uh, yeah. is ending into so, sexist results yeah something's taken basically the only difference being that and, and maybe that wasn't the difference i mean you look at the results maybe there is something that was like oh hold on i can tell you it's because of that but but a bit, bit like anything you can you know yeah you can have unintended consequences uh because of traditional you know I, you know there's loads of reasons it can be but yeah we've seen it in other places but it's interesting that they now have to go back and reanalyze why those things exist and but strangely out of the three and i'm going to include amazon and microsoft in here because they're all going to offer all these kind of things going for me and amazon i've offered credit cards every time you log in and amazon it tells you take my credit card yeah and <coughs> paypal does paypal credit as well doesn't it so yeah but the um i wouldn't trust facebook with anything i've, I've got a real mistrust of them google yep. probably I'm, I'm okay with but there's a. It's not. It's not. It's not as. Com- I'm not certainly not as comfortable as I was a few years back. No. Direction um, Apple. Been a bit... I feel okay with, and to be honest, Amazon. I'd feel okay with because I buy so much through through Amazon. So, I, I, but there's just something. There's a. There's a, a real seedy side to Facebook that I really do not like. Yeah, agreed. Um, that seedy side. We're going to get it all under control because Tim Berners Lee has come out of retirement. I need a hero. <laughs> He's come up with a, a global plan to save the internet. So he is also seeing all this stink around the internet and, you know, what he created. And he ultimately says it's not really going in the direction currently that I really envisaged. Um, and he reckons that a effectively a contract for the web 
a contract for the web.org is what he wants companies, users, um, providers to and governments to work with um, to sort of just everyone agree what the internet's for and, and what it should be. Uh, I haven't actually read the detail of this, um, but clearly he sees that, yeah, we need some collaboration and, and companies have started signing up to this. So what, what kind of things involved? So you can go to contractfortheweb.org um, and it has the, the main, basically there's nine high level principles and you can go in and read more about each principle. Um, it's a really kind of clear, uh, and I'm not going to go through the detail of each one, but we'll just cover off, you know, the government. So there's three, it's split three. Basically, as a contract for governments, contract for companies, and a contract for citizens. The government principles ensure everyone can connect to the internet, keep all of the internet available all of the time, and respect and protect people's fundamental online privacy and data rights. And there's a high level set of principles, hard to argue, you know, with that, mm-hmm. you know, on, on the surface of it. Companies um, make the internet affordable and accessible to everyone, respect and protect people's privacy and personal data to build online trust. Develop technology to support the best in humanity and challenge the worst. Again, hard to, you know, see that. Some as... of these are, yeah, some of these are a little bit, you know, it's like manifesto things, right? <laughs> as in, yeah, and this is what because, this is effectively. Is it, because you it's can, hard to it, pinpoint. It, yeah. I mean, I mean, so internet accessible is all unaffordable. I mean, if you look at the changes we've seen in America recently where, you know, it, well, it does look like, you know, you can, you, you can pay certain providers to be you know prioritized from a traffic yep. perspective um, and that that means then uh, you know the incumbent's always going to win and can protect and you know uh, that i think would fly in the face of that as a principle uh, the last one is for citizens which is um that's be, you and me it, it is so be citizens creators. with a z though sorry Isn't, but citizens with a z though it is which is a bit about twatty mm, come on come on this come is on, tim perners lee's yeah um, be me. creators and collaborators on the web and build strong communities that respect civil discourse and human dignity. Um, so hence wouldn't worry about Zeds and citizens. And also fight for the web. <laughs> fight for the web. Um, now, what's, let's pick one at random. So like, make the internet affordable. Let's just have a little quick check on that. Um, so no one is excluded from using and shaping the web. So one, by crafting policies that address the needs of systematically excluded groups by working towards an ever-increasing quality of service, by ensuring full use of the internet by all through a close coordination with government and civil society towards, and then it's craft, you know, corporate policies, etc., etc. Um, it Again, really hard to say that's not, you know, good noble aims. What it is, it shows that someone's thinking about this from a you know, practical perspective, um, trying to put some direction to it, and it sparks up a conversation. It is ultimately what it'll do. How useful and how how much control or even good it will do? I, I guess it depends if it does get by. And now companies have been signing up to this. They've been saying they're going to start complying. Um, so so companies have. So Twitter's there, Facebook's there, Microsoft's there. Um, there's other noticeable ones that aren't there. So, so there's no Google, there's no Apple, there's no Amazon, and there's no governments. The government one, I'm just I'm just looking at the ensure everyone can connect to the internet. So. By setting and tracking ambitious policy goals. So the first one, one gig of mobile data costs no more than 2% of average monthly income by 2025. Um, access to broadband internet is available for at least 90% of citizens by 2030 and the gap towards that target is halved. Jeremy Corbyn will be like, I'm all over that, vote for me. And at least 70% of youth over 10 years old and adults have information and communications technology. So ICT skills by 2025. Um, it's almost 
bizarre to say that we that we're not already there kind of thing and and maybe maybe we are here i don't know it's just, well uh, what was interesting when i was when i was slamming this in the notes i was thinking back to 2012 so thinking back to how tim berners lee was celebrated at the olympics the olympics was a real mm-hmm. celebration that opening ceremony i still think is one of the if I look back at this decade, it was one of those real highlights where, yep. I must admit, I sat there watching it, expecting the worst after what we'd seen in previous Olympic openings. Yeah. And all the press saying it's going to be a disaster and it's, we're going to be cheap. And three and a half hours later, I was almost in tears at how yeah, bloody joyful the whole thing had been. Yeah, and, it's great. And, and I now look at it and go, if we slammed Tim Berners-Lee in the middle of a stadium and had people all dancing around with him, lots of people would be going, this web and internet that we've got isn't that great, Tim? You know, Twitter's a cesspit. We've got Tories changing, you know, who they who they are, you know, by the hour almost. We've got the fake videos, we've got fake news, we've got Trump all over it. This isn't, you know, 2012, I I think seven years has been a massive shift mm. in how yeah, we yeah, view agreed. and see the internet. Yeah, it's almost as we've got extra speed and extra connectivity and all those kind of things. Actually, it hasn't... Uh, yeah, it brings with it the dark side as well as the the light side, doesn't it? Yeah, the, the, the dark dark side, I think, has always been there, and we'll have the horrible stories around, you know, paedophilia that's there and child abuse that's there and all that kind of stuff. But even just the misinformation and how well that's that seems new that people are brazenly re, re, misrepresenting themselves and others. Uh, yeah, um, the last you know that seems kind of a new thing. I I, I think. You know, Brexit vote onwards feels very, and same for same for the American last, you know, presidential election feels very, um, you know, the political adverts and the way people can, you know, as I said, you know, is it Russia that's doing it? It doesn't really matter who's doing it, but it feels like for small amounts of money from these global players, they can vastly influence huge swathes of opinion. I mean, very targeted. Yeah, we've seen parody accounts for comedy and things like that before, but we've never really seen, say, truly trying to deceive. And then, uh, and then even yeah, like our, our own government doing <laughs> doing our, our it own, so brazenly. Our, and our own so... government and, and and let's let's be honest, and opposition parties pretty much doing yeah. the same. You know, pretty pretty. And they've had attempts. the capability to do this for, for forever. It's just they've never actually felt they can brazenly just go and do these things. Brazenly do, do it. like that now. Nobody calling them out. Um, a real a real lack of you know I'm not saying everywhere, but journalistic integrity around you know calling people mm. out. Um, but also the fact that that I think consumers, so just normal you know the normals at home, you know, willing to accept it and really argue that no. I I saw that advert and I believe it and it's right. Yeah. That, well, I, I think you know we we believe that we would take things with you know the right amount of cynicism, but um, I, I think people do think that. But then they, when they read what they want to hear, they are happy to regurgitate and yeah. they will. And, and the sound the reason that sound bites are such a thing is because you you know you go and do your vox pops in the street, and the sound bites come right back at you, even if they're completely fake, they're yep. still there. And uh, even when the journalist says that's completely fake, you're giving me, and I don't, don't care. care. Well, I don't yeah. care anyway. Yeah, I, I mean, I, so there's, there's two things that that, that, that that trigger from just what you said there. I remember you catching me retweeting the wrong thing. Um, so I think it was a Dominic Rab thing that I was like, my God, and I retweeted it. And then a day later, you were like, you do realise that was... That's a parody account. It was a parody and it was, and I was like, no, I checked. But the rest of the parody account looked pretty... <laughs> pretty oh, I think I had a tick as well. I think it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, it was all... And, and the one I remember was... Um, and I'm trying to remember who the organisation was, but they were interviewing all the Trump supporters after he got got in, 
and they were reading out all the stuff that was fake and, and just sat there and went, no, it's not. It's I'm telling you that's wrong. I don't mm. believe you. I, and then anyway, yeah. I don't really care. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the end principle. Yeah, I don't you know, care. Yeah. Ultimately, if you tell me it's wrong, whatever. I've mm. got I've got my guy in, and I think he's doing the right thing. So, yeah. don't care. So it, therefore, a lie matters more than a, so, a truth. So I, I think fair play to Tim. He's saying he's got almost like a ten-year plan to kind of you know turn the web round. And he came out this week, you know, and quite rightly vilified the Conservative Party for what they did around their fact-checking nonsense mm-hmm. um, and whether. People believe that's a London thing or a small thing or just tech people. It's it's pretty unsavoury. Um, Very. And they were called out by every journalist that night, basically saying, mm-hmm. cannot believe they're doing this. And then swapping back as soon as it had finished. It was like, this is this is a pretty horrible... Because cause they'd, they'd done what they wanted to do. They, yeah. got, they got through it. Nobody, the interesting thing was Twitter did give them a yellow card off the back of that. Yes. Yeah. So do that again, we'll kick you off. And I can't see mm-hmm. them ever doing that. Twitter will only get respect for me when they do actually pick up a political party or a Trump or a big figure and go, actually, it's out of order. You're going to ban it for a week. Platform. Yeah. You know, some sort of thing that says, this is enough's enough. Well, we're seeing big moves from Twitter. Um, they have come out now and clarified their uh, kind of rules around no political advertising. So they have uh, made it clearer what they're they're going to consider to be political advertising or not. and and actually it's quite wide-ranging in in effect they're not you know just to be absolutely clear they are not banning this type of content from their system what they're just saying is you cannot advertise to promote this this stuff uh, above and beyond your own reach so if you have a wide reach then that's it you've earned that one which is a really reach. good point so so, it, so it's not stopping like you putting up something saying you know i don't know tories out or whatever it is yeah um but you can't pay to advertise saying i can't pay that. to have that appearing in someone else's stream that hasn't followed me for it yeah yeah and 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 overall their kind of their remit seems to be that they, yeah they're going to cover off say what you might expect so it can't define uh be around candidates parties governments or officials um and and it can't be from uh PACs, so these are the um, promoting groups, aren't they? The sort of um, political promotion sort of corporations or whatever. Um, uh, the one I found most interesting, so, the, so, they're, so they're still letting the kind of, what did they call it? They gave it a name, like cause-based. So if it's a cause, they'll have a cause-based exemption. Because I think when they first announced this, there was people saying, so does that mean, you know, if there was a debate, you know, about, you know, democracy or a debate about, you know, anti-abortion, you know, you know, does that mean that it's getting totally banned? You can't. And what they're saying is, no, it's not. There's cause-based exemptions, but what they are doing is bringing restrictions around. You you can't do it down to hyper local, so you can't say, I know in this this zip code area, this postcode area that you know is a high proportion of a, a certain ethnic, you know, whether it's a minority or white or you know black, whatever it is, that goes. It's like state, province, region level. You need to. So it's almost like they're saying we we could give you too much fine grained control to target people. That yeah. goes. So you can have a national you can have a national campaign about around this, but we're not letting you go and campaign to specific people like in conservative regions or whatever or, or labour regions specifically. So you can't define down to that level. You can do a national campaign effectively because one of the biggest problems with all these adverts was the fact that they only appeared. Uh, to certain demographics and therefore there was a lot of hidden content that was not visible to anyone and what they're saying well that that restriction is you can do uh, various aspects of your advertising but it must be visible to everyone it can't just be targeted down to the ones you want to show that to um you know because then it 
it becomes less what's it, it comes more transparent so what's going on becomes yeah. more transparent but yeah um and we've also had um google coming out this uh, this period as well to talk about their political adverts and what they're going to do around this um and they're they're much this so again this kind of hyper local targeting by you know real specific age ranges and and you know gender etc that's dropping so they're You'd, you'd soon only be able to target ads based on general categories. So it's saying age, gender, rough location. So it feels like this is a reaction. I so think. there's still, there's still, that's still quite a bit of targeting going on. It but is, yeah, but it, it feels it's a real reaction to, I think, a lot of the analysis that came out of particularly the Brexit campaign in the UK and also the you know Republican campaign in America. It also came as Analytica and a, a lot of that rule. You know, we can take a million pound. And we know we are spending a million pounds yeah. to, to talk to, you know, the, the return on investment is huge compared to a, a TV advert, which yeah. you've got no idea who's really watching at half six on a, you know, a Tuesday night. And and you know that in some respects, you <clears throat> by targeting like that, you can have all positive effects and none of the negative effects yeah, from the, yeah. the people no. who disagree with those statements having an, a, a visibility. like Or people just calling out that it's fake. Yeah, you know, that's... excellent point. Because you know, so Brexit Party had a thing on tonight. Say, I would have just switched over. Where and 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 they they don't care because they're not interested in trying to you know, you know, I like say they get some negative opinion. effect from if they're exactly. saying something that's fake or provably wrong, because you'd call them out on it and you'd make that yep. clear. But they know they're targeting their real target audience. You know that probably. Well, I don't. Let's not go there. There's a whole there's a whole thing about who they're really trying to target. Um, and that, you know, Google are kind of walking away from it. Um, so they're saying it's already in place in the UK uh, and the rest of the EU and worldwide from the start of January next year. And they have also said that they will be, they've laid out the kind of grounds for where they would remove something if it was a, a false claim. Um, so it's something that Twitter will obviously banning outright that kind of advertising and therefore theoretically you can't have the false claims. Google's saying there is some circumstances which false claims will be removed and Facebook backtracked a little bit they said they will do nothing to say to stop a false claim going out i think they have backtracked a little bit and said okay in these set circumstances we might uh, remove an advert that's kind of what they've said um, uh, yeah and, and, it really, and it really does put them at you know it really does put them at odds with facebook facebook were like this whole you know we're not going to change a thing but uh, we talked about it last time out for because they don't want to be the gatekeeper they, they it's not their position as a company to do that uh I mean, you could say, yeah, they're willing to take the dollar and not the, the pain, but it's, yeah. Google are saying that in some circumstances they will. I, I think I think they've got a bit where there's a responsibility there. That you, If you're willfully, you know, allowing people to put up misinformation, you have some sort of responsibility there. Yeah, I think if you took an advertising hoarding company and, and allowed them to put up racist remarks and, and as a company you didn't stop that happening or something along those lines that advertising hoarding company does have some responsibility in that process, right? There's yes. not just who purchased it. They made the decision as a company to, to spread that and put that on their, their own property. And it, but, in, in a way that's the same feeling for me. Yeah. It has made me wonder as, as a TV company responsible right now, if like the Tories put up a thing that said we're building 40 hospitals, which has been proven to be a, a mistruth. Yeah. Uh, but then again, don't, I think, TV and advertising has the standards agency, which means that I think they do come under regulation, which means they can't go and do that um, without, you know, without comeback. Um, but yeah, I, it's, it's, it's a tough one, toughy, and especially when the internet's, what is it defined as? Is it a media organization or is it a content, uh, you know, 
distributor that's kind of these are deep conversations from Mm. undernight they certainly are so in our uh, current uh, electioneering, uh, one of the big pledges is in the technology arena around the Labour, Labour government saying we're going to give free broadband for everybody. So this is they're effectively saying they're going to privatise uh, BT Openreach. And through that and investment, they are going to roll out uh, broadband to everybody and then not charge for its use. Plenty of discussion around that, around whether it's even a, it's just a fanciful thing or whether it's the right thing to do. Uh, plenty of different angles to take on it. I, I wonder where you, where do you, you sit in here? Um, difficult in, in that I actually like the ambition of it. I, I do see, and maybe it's just me, me being an absolute geek. When I moved house, I classed, much to everybody's amusement, I said broadband to me is a utility. And it's really important when I move house that yeah, I'm, going, not I, alone. I'm in an area that, that delivers good broadband. Yeah, and that definitely. was, what, 16 years ago? You know, so I'm not, not saying I'm some outlier. I remember, remember being one of the first to get the old, you know, the old beta kit from BT at the time when it first came out. Um, the little green... Yeah, the little green frog. Al- the frog thing, yeah. Alcatel. <laughs> I think it was, wasn't it? It was an Alcatel yeah, modem. Um and the service I got was amazing. You know, I was in a tenement flat, top floor. BT came and run all the lines. They did all the cable in the house. They did it all really neat. And that was the, the one and only time they did it. And the guy was super <laughs> excited. It's like when you put your hand up, it was like, oh, we're getting a guy in a tenement. This is great. Because they were worried about length of, you know, will it all transmit and all that kind of good stuff. Anyway, I, I get the ambition and I get why they want to, you know, flatten it. And it's a, a utility that every, it's available to everybody. It's, it's just whether... It, it feels like the the money they've said they've said it's twenty billion feels cheap. It feels like as if they've underestimated. I think what that potentially costs. I think it's back to the, what we've talked about when it's either whether it's whether it's fibre to the house or whether it's things like you know four G and five G rollout across the mm-hmm. country. Doing it across the country is really difficult. Hitting ninety or ninety five percent is is straightforward. It's that last five percent which probably might cost another ten billion because it's really difficult. Comes, it comes in. Yeah, I mean that, that's it. It's it's the return on investment. I guess what they've actually said is that they would reverse that and they would actually spend the money in the places that are just money's not being spent now. Um, for me, I, you know, it does feel it feels a little bit unsavory for your government to own the internet infrastructure. Don't uh, I, I don't know. There's there's not many places around the world where <laughs> I think that's turned into a good thing. Um, but then again, I, I like you say, I admire the ambition. Um, I, I don't see why you can't just promise investment into. I mean, I, I guess the problem is you're investing in a private company, and therefore, what are the returns going to be to that investment? But ultimately, I think I don't think people expect to have a free internet service. Um, but I, I, I certainly think the the investment should go in. Um, but I'm not sure privatization is the ultimate end game i don't think governments are particularly good at running um utility no and and for me the thing it did i guess that the two bits i i am like i i get the ambition but you know would it force companies like bt to say actually we do need fiber to the house you know stop stop with this trying to you know reuse as much as the old legacy investment get get with it but to... i think they've been saying all along what we actually need is investment here yeah, um, yeah. And and that's, and that's what a government can do. Exactly. So, so I think I think it was maybe. But then should mis- BT get all the benefits? Of that? uh, and, and, and and I guess that's where Labour are saying actually we, we take open each away. We'll do the fibre to the home, and you know that that. Then we don't have to worry about where the benefits uh, are. To the, uh, yeah, 
Um, and I guess the second bit of me was so that another bit is we've talked about things like um, the, the obvious one for me is like HS2, and you could argue should it be Trident or whatever, whatever. All these other big, huge spends that the government does, you know, 40, 50, 80, 100 billions. Mm. Does it make sense that this is ahead of, you know, free elderly care or, you know, an NHS that's fit for purpose or, you know, scrapping a universal credit, you know, and, and there's a, to me, there's a whole other things I would do first. I think ahead yeah, of that's, this. Yeah, that, that's interesting. I, I don't think, I think actually for cost benefit analysis, I think, you know, probably the amount you have to invest into this is a lot lower than to get a, a significant benefit from. Because so I, I would scrap each, having a I good would scrap internet, HS2 tomorrow and put yeah. it on this. Having having a good internet connection can have so many other benefits that that, that can impact all those things because it's an underlying thing. Uh, you know, a, a new train service is going to create some benefit, but but ultimately, I, I think it, the cost benefit analysis of that is probably easy to, and, to and make. So we so we so we as a business are seeing more benefits from people working from home. We are seeing that flexibility that gives people. So when you're trying to compete with other firms, you know. That that having that flexibility to do that not every day, but you know, to, to say oh something's happened at home and I'm you know I'm not feeling too too. I need to look after somebody. I need to wait in for a pass, whatever it is, you know. And having you know good broadband that can cope with that and let you do all other things is becoming a a thing, you know. And that cuts down on transport. Elderly elderly social care having a good internet Absolutely. system allows you to have uh, you know what do you call it joined up thinking on things that maybe beats um some loneliness aspects to it because yeah, you can hook yeah. people up you there, there's loads of things you could you know you can argue how it can have that benefit but yeah it, uh, yeah you know mm. less less travel you know from working from home you know um, there'll be an impact loads on roads you know so if 10 you know if we, if we did something where it was like 10 percent of the workforce around the uk could work from home one day a week and you could stagger it and that took that off the road that's a fairly sizable impact hard to manage hard to do but you know? But this is, I guess, why. I mean, I, like I say, I do like the ambition of it. Um, I'm it not sure the implementation is. Yep. Yeah. It started yeah, exactly, the debate, exactly. and I liked ambition. I just, for me, it, it was like I, I think there's other things that are on the list ahead of it. And I think what was quite yeah. telling was all the other parties saying this is a lot of rubbish. To me, straight away said, "Yeah, you're you're a bit frightened by this one because it's yeah. something that is uh, has an ambition to it." Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, let's 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 fund our health service, eh? But that's uh, the last politics, I think. We're on to. Oh, thank goodness. Yes. Apple's, Apple's Apple 16 inch MacBook and the politics of a keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they they basically they they released a new product. Uh, they didn't have a show for it. It was it was kind of quietly released. Um, effectively, same um, shell as or was it same sized kind of uh, enclosure as the current 15 inch macbook but the much more edge to edge uh much less border around the screen which has allowed them to put a 16 inch screen into that same enclosure a space uh, expensive business again though everything's going up in price uh, <laughs> um start is it starting at 2399 yeah. yeah that's dollars so it's going to be about that in pounds as well it is because um, um a certain shaquille name has just bought one uh, okay but i, I is it me or have Apple prices been creeping up quite uh, a so bit for even? Prices, I think, maybe slightly creeping, but also I think the spec on this one, you know, the more realistic round things like, you know, the, the ink it came with, I think it started at 512, mm. you know, um, for the, was it, was it, I try to remember the starting size for the disc now, just a lot more 
So, so I, taking I want, away those those ones that make it look like a cheaper product, but you're never going to order it, kind of yeah. thing, because it's you not know, reasonable. So a bit of reality check round, mm. actually, you're going to, you know, there's no point coming 128 or 256. I'm sure they started at that. And I think if you look at the CPU and the graphic options, even just in the base model, were really good. Um, so, yes, pricey, but... but and, and, and we can cover it up. Speakers seemingly best ever in a laptop. Seemingly sounded really good for a laptop. Mike, they said it was studio quality. For a laptop. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I, 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 I heard that it wasn't quite studio quality. And I, I heard was, it wasn't I was, that good. But. I was very impressed with some of the podcasters that swapped between the 300 quid mic and then their inbuilt laptop. And I was like, you know, there's a bit of echo. But that's really passable compared to my work laptop, which when, I, when somebody's on mic, it is like... You know, yeah, yeah, uh, so so not bad. Um, the, the, the the real ding for me is Good the keyboard. <laughs> yeah, the real ding for me is the keyboard. They basically went back to twenty fifteen model, um, and that's that's just an indictment of just how bad the keyboards have been for the last sort of three generations. The last three years of laptops. Yeah, they've gone back to the butterfly. Uh, apparently, the the throw of the keys is still less than the older ones, so it's still. There's still what they would call added advantage, but yeah, definitely moving away from the um, the new style that they yeah and, th- and just ended up breaking. Yeah, and, and the biggest bit for me is also back to the like if your E key breaks, they replace the E key. Whereas if the E key breaks in a twenty you know a twenty you know sixteen seventeen eighteen MacBook Pro or even the fifth sorry the thirteen inches this year, you had to replace your whole keyboard, and it was like mm. was it five six hundred pounds? Yeah, and I, I I do wonder Johnny's moved on, and is this was this him? Was it his team? Because it was him and plus a couple others moved on. Mm. You know, much lauded, fantastic designs. But I think some of the some of the decisions the last three four years have been pretty poor. Even the fact this year's phones slightly thicker. Oh, there you go. There's another extra hours battery. Yeah, and the thickness yeah. is like. I mean, I'm talking about point something a mil. So you can't determine it. You can't see it. But you, but people have all went. Oh, the battery life's a lot better. Yeah, uh, so yeah. I, I, yeah, I guess they've they've spent so many years say saying how much everything was better, better, thinner. Um, I think we had touched on it that that's not always the case. Anyway, it's got an escape key back, which has <laughs> pleased a lot of people. The touch bar is still there, but it's a little bit shorter. Um, and the arrow keys are sort of back in their traditional inverted T formation. Um, skin, skin's fantastic. Um, and as I said, the, the all the reviews have been like you know been that kind of eight nine marks in. The only thing is, it's sixteen inches heavy. It's a big laptop. You know, if you're used to a thirteen, it's a yeah. Big if laptop. you're used to a thirteen, but but like I say, they've got the sixteen out of the fifteenth enclosure, and the fifteen inch enclosure is not ginormous. It's not like the old seventeen inch. You're you right. Know, used to the, the old seventeen was a be- an absolute big beast. bifter. Yeah. yeah, that was a beast. Uh, so, even that, I, I quite enjoyed having that large scope laptop. But yeah, uh, the fifteenth is fifteen inch enclosure is definitely my kind of sweet spot. I think it's about the right size. So thirteen bit- for me is a bit too small. So Shax just came today, so you'll have it in tomorrow, and I'll have a I'll have a feel of the weight. But the top price for these things, if you put everything on it, so like six grand for a, yeah. uh, for a laptop. I like I say, it just feels like they're just trying these top end products. Cause think you know, know that somebody will buy them. Um, but I certainly, think, the I think price what, for PCs used to be two grand. Used to be the top whack for a, a laptop of anything, really. Yeah, but I think what t- t- I'm just having to go on the configurator just now. I think it was something like was it eight. It's eight terabytes. Eight, eight yeah. terabytes really pushed it. Eight terabytes you know, SSD. It's gonna push the price up, right? Because it's a bit. Extreme, yeah. But... So I'm just looking at it just now. You could, so if you went from the standard sixteen gig up to sixty four gig, it was an extra seven twenty. Um, and the if you went from the so I'm on the, the higher model, so it comes with one terabyte as standard. If you went to eight terabytes, it's an extra two grand. Mm. 
Still, six grand for a laptop's a lot of money. It's, it's, I, I agreed. Agreed. Uh, they're not allowed to make the battery really any bigger. They're already at a hundred watt hours, so that actually there's a, there's not much battery improvement in this particular version. They're claiming another hour or something like that. Uh, yeah, so I, I was actually like, wow. The, so this is a limit from the American air authorities. Flights, yeah. yeah that basically you can't take anything more than a hundred, hundred whatever's what watt hours. Yeah, um, and I thought, wow, that's really good to max out. But I think the previous one was ninety six or ninety two, so it's not it's, it's not. That huge. It's not like they've doubled it. I, mm. I was I, initially I was making this big fuss of it, and I was like, "Wow, that's that's great!" And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah." But it's still big battery. Last it'll last a day. Um, yeah, people seem to the reviews I've seen have been in, in positive, and they've said, "Yeah, but the speakers sound good, and uh, mic sounds good for a laptop." I think um, that's the always the the caveat, isn't it? There, and I, just, and I still give them a negative round. It's got the kind of four USB C ports. But they took away like the SD card slot, and mm. they took away the headphone socket, and that's, that sucks. Yeah, more and more headphones are now USB C, though, aren't they? They are to... or wireless, but it, it just feels like it's a usual. I'm not surprised the headphone one not so bad, but they, I don't know. They, they, as dongles are a thing, you know, and you see that in any Apple store you walk into, it's like there's the money. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, yeah. We, we we talk about the hardware costs a lot. Dongles are that's <laughs> a, that's a true Apple tax. Yeah, definitely. Um, the razor's back and oh. properly this time. Have you owned a razor? Yes, I've got one somewhere. I, I was going to go and find it before the podcast. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Do you know, I've, I've never liked the form factor. Oh, I loved it. <clears throat> I'll, hand, I'll hand this over to you then. So, yep, the razor is back. The Motorola razor in, uh, it was, um, quite i guess because of its time it was very different from any other phone out there there had been other flip phones but they were all kind of pretty bulky and clamshell this was the first one that really was a, a nice thin narrow uh design um and like i say it was a classic because it was in the same arena as the nokia something something tens or whatever they were you know the, the big bulky phones um and now they tried to bring back the the brand not that long ago, um, but it wasn't very successful. It wasn't really a, uh, it was just the brand name rather than anything. But now they have brought back a flip phone. So this is flip phone a la, you know, your Samsung Fold and all those kind of things. But this is done in an old fashioned flip phone way. So it's, it actually does, it's, it's like taking the form factor of your traditional phone, like your Android or your iPhone imagine what it would be like to be able to just fold that in half and then that would that would be the thing sitting in your pocket and that's exactly what this sort of delivers with a clever hinge which allows it effectively once you open it up it is a truly flat um truly flat normal sort of phone experience but they've given the same kind of design tweaks or design angles as the original phone uh, they even have got a mode in there that turns your your new Android phone and makes it look like your old Razer used to do as far as the keypad goes and things like that on their touchscreen. So, yeah, a lot of people excited by this form factor and, and they're saying that the this fold is uh, is the, the, feels good in the hand, feels good to open and close. Um, and obviously the form factor, once it is folded, is much more convenient in that you can put it in your pocket in a much smaller area. Um and I am sold, other than the fact that I'm not going to buy one because it costs one and a half grand. So I'm more sold in that I think I prefer, looking at it, I thought I like that better than what we saw from the Samsung and was it LG? 
Mm-hmm. I think with the other kind of like big, the other folders. You know, so, so basically, they, they were kind of form factor of the phone which you opened out into a tablet. Yeah. This one is form factor of a phone which you closed down into a half. Uh, yeah. Half so, size. So I, so I thought actually that's you know when I think about some of the big phones, you know, so I I'm still of the I don't like the kind of big plus size phones, and you know I, I looked at that and thought you know that's not bad because slot that in the pocket and you know that would be better. Is this you looking for your phone? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and um, that'll, that'll be good for an audio podcast. Look, I've got, a, <laughs> I got one here. Let's see. Be honest, all you need to do is like just listen make a to click this. sound. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh dear. But, but yeah, I actually I thought fair play because um, the LG and Samsung had seemed to go down that you know people people only want bigger, and I do think there is a market for people that are actually you know I want something a bit smaller, and when I need the size. You know, the, the phone is big enough as it is just now without being a, a, what, a tablet size. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But they have had to make compromises. on. So even though it's got a, a really high price, obviously another sort of another 50% on top of a premium phone type cost, they've had to make compromises on the actual components. So the fo- the camera's not too good and the, the, the processor's behind the times. So it's not the latest, all those kind of things. So that's there, the compromise they've had to make. So it's a premium price for a sort of a medium spec phone. Uh, yeah. Um, so you are really going for this design. But like I say, uh, that design holds holds sway for me. There's also question marks, even though the the reviewers or the pre people have got pre-access have sort of said feels robust and feels better than, there's no restrictions around the usage that, that sort of uh, Samsung had to put out, for example. Um, but there's no guarantees yet. How is it going to feel in the next, you know, six weeks or six months? Is it, it still yeah. going to hold up to that that folding? And is it going to hold up to the use? Because it is a plastic screen at the end. It's of the a day. plastic screen, and you're relying on how good the hinge is and keeping dust and grime out, which is what yeah. was the, you know, yeah. So as a... soon as you got dust in there, it was yeah, it's like scratching, and then underneath the screen, it was. Or if you've got a finger, and I guess so I saw lots of so Samsung eventually said, you know, be careful around fingernails and people were chuckling, but I've seen the difference of people that have got, you know, my fingernails are quite hard. And I've known other people's but they're as soft as anything. Mm. You know, so it's there is a thing where it's like, yeah, I can see somebody accidentally having a little gouge. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, I so you, you weren't sold, but I quite like it. I quite like the fact that's back in our world. I, I, and I'd say the whole idea of that half form factor phone I can see the excitement makes sense to me. Listeners, I can see it, he's excited. A half form factor phone. I've said all along, I don't like these big phones. I want smaller, yeah. small phones. Spotify is turning its personalization technology um, for its podcasts. So you can now dig into, if you are a podcast listener on the Spotify service, it will now recommend other things for you to listen to. Um, it's never turned into a sort of generic podcast holder, has it? It's always been, it's curated podcasts, only selected um, providers, whatever. Um, but yeah, it's now going to start suggesting that. I think the only thing for me is just, there's not enough time for all this content. I just, I, I get I get why it makes sense because I think, I think podcast um you know that that idea of trying to find discovery around podcasts still feels a challenge i know overcast so that's the app that i used they did a thing where they kind of surfaced up what you're you know who you followed on twitter was also listening to to try and you know if you're following these people then you're going to probably like these podcasts as well but yeah still it's still very much word of mouth thing isn't it i still i don't really go for this discovery of podcasts but then i'll hear occasionally a friend will go i listen to this i find it really good or really funny or whatever informative uh and yeah uh, i 
that that's how I tend to find a new podcast. But I have to choose and pick and choose what does get added to my podcast list because I at the moment just don't have the time to get through it all, and it's it's, no, it's am, a lot. Like it's a lot of content. I, I, I'm exactly the same. I, mean, I saw it. I saw it this week. There was like in a top twenty podcast, and there was ones a couple that I didn't know had been running around, and some had been running around for like four years from like yeah. a couple of comedians that I really enjoy. Yeah, just just never. No, never got into my i guess the other thing about podcasts for me is i want to sit and listen to them i don't i can't it's not like music i can have on in the background and be doing work if i've got a podcast running there's no way i'm going to be doing work at the same time because it i, I feel like i need to concentrate to listen because otherwise you're not getting what you need out of it you see yeah yeah uber had their license taken away again around london so they're saying that things haven't improved enough for them to be able to satisfactorily give them their license they've taken it away uh if you are an uber user around london don't panic that doesn't mean they're going to dis- disappear overnight they have they've put their appeal in and that means that they will continue to run uh under sort of appeal uh with their existing license until time comes whether a, uh, another uh, court will rule on whether they have made sufficient gains um yeah two years ago chris yeah it feels like we're going around in a around a a circle on this one i was going to say we're going around piccadilly circus it feels like um two years ago this they they were banned first happened yeah and then they they kind of argued and got a 15 month license which expired i think it's this friday or expired today or something like that um so yeah, they're they're going to argue again. Obviously, their chief is like, um, "This is just wrong," said their chief today, um, because um, after the reforms have been put in place, the taxi folk. So who's our union? What's our union called? You... Licensed Taxi Driver Association said it's all about public safety, and the mayor's taking the right decision. Yeah, I mean, do, do you think? I, I think almost though that it's almost the only decision the mayor can take uh, and TFL can take, um, but with the knowledge that it won't affect anything, it doesn't stop it running, and therefore. They don't have consumer backlash. So it's almost like they're going through the motions until such point as it's died away enough that people just accept it. I think I think these things, are so like whether it's Uber, black taxis or, you know, rail service, they know if they if you took you know, if you took Uber away today, you know, that would I'm not saying it would cripple London, but it would really impact people. Yeah, people. I don't think people like it, and it would be a backlash. That's what I'm saying. I think they're going through the motions, going around these circles, just to make it the the issue die away a bit. Like with the pump prices, they put the pump prices, you know, petrol prices. We went through years of they put the prices up, and everyone moaned, and there were strikes, and there were you know, uh, and protests. I, after a while, it dies away. They put them up again quietly, and it breaks the next barrier, and then you have the pro- the protest again. It's almost like that. You just wear people down. They can't be bothered to fight it anymore. Just love Brexit. Anyway, the, um, it's just it's just one of those. I mean, Uber Uber looks to be the they have addressed the concerns from previously, but not enough to to get a new license again. So, I think it'll be another round of legal fights, and here's the yeah. proof of why more, this is a wrong decision. Yeah, and more promises of future action, all those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, let's quickly cover some game stuff off. Then Half Life um, Alex has been announced. This is a new Valve uh, Half Life game. What? VR exclusive though. This, you know, it seems years since Half. I mean, Half Life such a epic set of games. Love them. Um, Orange Box is probably my favourite ever thing to that came with Portal and all those kind of best, best, best value game ever. Surely, apart from maybe what Master Chief Collection potentially. <laughs> maybe, but I think for me it was much more exciting than that, just because it also came with a new element of, and it was of all fresh. Portal as well. Yeah, it's just brilliant. Well, there was really Portal good. and there was what was the... all of the games. It was all it was Half Life, Half Life Two, Half Life. But also, what was the deathmatch thing that came? What was that? Um, oh, Fortress, Team Fortress as well. And that, and that just that whole, just all of them were just great. 
Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, so anyway, the new game is always going to be exciting. This is a VR exclusive, though, so it's going to be running on yeah, VR headsets. Uh, and it's actually quite an exciting thing to happen in the VR community, I guess, because it's a big old announcement. And it is, so it's not a game that you run on your PC. It is, you are in the Half-Life environment. And the kind of teaser trailers they put out, it does look, you know, it makes you want to go and try it for sure. It definitely does. And as you say, Half-Life and Half-Life 2, huge games, um, much loved, much revered around the community. It's the one thing I've seen people go, oh, it looks like I'm going to have to buy a headset. Yeah, actually, it's a buying decision. Yeah, yeah so. it's going to drive, not not everybody, but it's going to drive, if you've got a decent enough PC, it's going to drive you to pick up a VR headset to play this game. Especially now the headsets are in much more of a reasonable state of cost, you know? Uh, yeah. And it's going to be delivered with the new Valve um, headset as well, isn't it? Or Vive headset, I think. Um, so so Valve's, Valve's got an, an Index VR headset that's coming out. And the game yeah. will be free if you pick up the Index VR headset. So I'm sure if yeah. you're looking at buying a headset next year, yeah, that'll be a... Uh, but again, it's, so this is, I think, set between Half-Life and Half-Life 2, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, so it's actually a prequel to Half Life Two. So yeah, it's not it's not adding to the the kind of history of it. It's just filling in some gaps. I'm still amazed that we've never seen a Half Life Three. I know. Think about the yeah. Think about that. When it's was Half Life Two out? Do you know? Can you remember? No, it's going to be decades ago now. Um, Half Life Two, go on. Yeah. So how, when did Half Life come out? Uh, ninety eight. Oh, boom! Ding, ding, ding! Yeah, when okay. did um, when did Half Life Two come out? So I'm going to say f- four, five years after that. So two thousand and three, something like that. Close two thousand and four. Okay, there you go. Yeah, not bad. So we're fifteen years on. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? And they and they're still great games to play if you ever go back and play them. They're, you know, graphic fidelity and all that is a bit a bit rubbishy now, but yeah, still good good to play. Uh. Some, some. Let's talk about game streaming, the new thing. So, Project Cloud X Cloud first is sort of Microsoft's cloud game streaming service, which they've announced. Uh, they're going to say it's going to have DualShock Four support as well. So, I think they were. I can't remember when the beta started, if it has started or whether it's due to start. Um, but basically, this it's Xbox's or Microsoft's answer to say Google's Project Stadia and the uh, sort of PlayStation Now type affair. It's a public test out, um, you, but your Android device is really the only way of playing it right now. So it's coming to Windows 10 PCs next year. Um, and this is not only streaming from their data centers, but the idea would eventually be that you'll be able to take your Xbox and stream that to another screen in the house. Yeah, yeah. or you're out and about. And you or can, if you're out and about. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they've also included, um, so I added more, 50 more titles. Um, I, I found it quite funny that the first part, one of the first part of the game, said was Crackdown Three, and I was like, "How are you going to tell you're streaming that? <laughs> that looks that looked like you were streaming it already." Um, but but there's other ones like Devil May Cry, you know, Five, Tekken Seven. So again, these are you know big actiony type titles. The ones that always people are like, you know, am I going to get button lag? Am I going to get you know yeah. some some fidelity issues there? Madden again, you know. So games that that are really quite sensitive to to lie compared to other ones where you know if it was like a you know if it's like witcher or something like that where it's a bit more play it yourself and it's a big rpg mm-hmm. maybe not as impacted um so yeah that's um so that was all based off of you know so there was the um what was it there was the xo xo 19 in london last week so yep, there was some yep. game announcements and other bits and pieces but but they also then said that um project x cloud will support xbox game pass for titles 
So basically, yeah, if you've okay. got Xbox Game Pass, you're going to get xCloud streaming. Again, it seems to be they're, they're throwing everything in this one big pot, aren't they? And, and, and actually, when you look at all the other offerings, it is very compelling. So they, they really are doing it. The only thing they need now is some more good games. Yeah, and and to be fair, last year and this year they have bought a lot of studios, so they have and and getting well, ev- content... nearly everything at the last E three was you know it Xbox was. Game Pass or you know where it's like amazing to see how much was going to come out on it in that in so much so that I thought how are they even affording to do all this? It's bonkers. And I, and I look at next year the the one the one I just I look at Flight Simulator, which I know is not going to be, but that looks stunning, and it's on it's, it's, it's on Game Pass. I was going to say it's a, it's a Microsoft first party content, isn't it? So it's on Game Pass. If you've got a PC, fantastic. If you've got an Xbox, hey, it's coming to Xbox as well. Anyway. The biggest kind of news this week as far as streaming has been Google, the release of Google Stadia. So this is Google's streaming service. Uh, uh, let's, let's get the bad stuff out of the way, which is their launch has been pretty atrocious in many, many, many aspects. Um, basically making promises uh, when people bought, the, you know, bought their founders packs, as they were called, uh, a long time back now. So back in April, May, June time sort of thing. June, I think, was the first time of public orders could be taken uh and, and they basically said if you bought at that point you were going to get access on day one and, and that's just not come true so effectively they said they were going to put codes out and they, they 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 didn't basically and everyone was up in arms as why well, haven't i got my code uh it's now launch day and i still can't play on this service anyway and then they came out and said well we're releasing them in date order and that turned out not to be true. And then they said, okay, well, we've made a mistake there. We should have released them in date order. Now we're going to release them in date order. They're coming soon. And then it was another day before everyone got their code. So it's all it's all a bit bit of a a shower. Um, and I guess the thing on that is an outsider. It, it cost you a day or two, but it was the... Just leaves a bit of a bad taste that uh, yeah, was, you know yeah. you're, you're you get the people who are up in arms uh, and you get the people who are a bit relaxed about it and you get all the people in between but ultimately it's more about a communication exercise and really they what from an outside analysis point of view i i'm 100 percent sure that they were releasing them in batches to stop the ea effect and the ea effect as i'm going to talk is like when an ea game gets released and you can't play it for the first two weeks because it <laughs> crashes the game servers aren't available there's not enough of them to support that spike but after a week that you know it yeah. all gets under control and you can go and play it no problem so they've been controlled that by releasing them in controlled batches and uh, in a stream so that not everyone's jumping on the service at exactly the same time fully understandable why you'd want to do that especially with the kind of data centers they must be talking about in this particular case but they needed to communicate that uh, and one of the biggest things about codes was that that was how you unlocked your gamer tag and that's one of the primary reasons why a lot of people ordered so early was so they got first dibs of getting their their gamer tag on this brand new service which is important to a lot of people including me um, so, so let's just let's just clarify did you get your gamer tag I did, and that's the only reason I'm going to talk about Stadia, Stadia now, because if I hadn't got my gamer tag, I would have sent it back. <laughs> <laughs> so I am cheesy on Stadia. Um, <laughs> and you know what? There's other other things around the launch which have caused the problems, one of which being that there's features that they promised that aren't there, um, and also the sort of promise of true 4K gaming over a streaming service has not been delivered um, and, basically a lot of the 
if you imagine the game settings that are kind of being set up are very much console arena so they're not high-end pc sort of settings being used currently for the games when you when you're they're being run they're more like the console 4k which is so it's not true 4k it's being upscaled to a certain degree uh, and some of the settings and shadow quality reflections all those kind of things are kind of in that medium arena um but what does that mean from a user's perspective well it it honestly looks pretty damn good is what i'd say uh, you can play in your browser using a mouse and keyboard you can play over your phone using a paired controller you can play on your tv as long as it's got the chromecast the official stadia chromecast um currently you can play on your tv and it's only in the tv environment where you get the full 4k hdr experience if you're playing in the browser for example everything comes out at 1080p or that's where it starts off and then it will get scaled up to whatever you're doing but the first thing that you know that everyone asks and everyone wants to know is how does it feel to play and i tell you on my network um on across my pc and across when i'm playing on the through the controller on the tv it feels no different than playing on a console it's it's pretty incredible um what have you what of interest what games what games well let's say as a as a subscriber now there are only two games that are free to play uh, Destiny 2 and uh, I don't even know the name of the other one I should as I've never I've loaded it once it's a sort of a, a fighting uh, sort of street fighter type game um, and so Destiny is where I've sort of put a few hours in I, I'm not going to say I've been spending hours and hours on, on it I haven't um, but yeah it's it all those kind of worries about how is it is it going to start degrading all the time as the connection quality varies am i going to notice the fact that my inputs are, are lagging and no there's nothing on the on the computer playing mouse and keyboard it feels ultra responsive it's pretty unbelievable i'd say and and you know people think oh it's just it's just streaming 4k netflix and and you know amazon prime they do all that kind of stuff it's nothing it's nothing but you've got to stop it's there's no buffering going on here this is real time 4k stream of content coming across to you you are playing on a computer that exists elsewhere uh and to see that happen in real time and when you know the the quality that comes out of it is pretty incredible i have to say i'm pretty blown away by it um one thing another thing to be aware of is you're paying a subscription fee so after this first three months for me it goes i think it's like 8.99 a month so it's not an insignificant cost and that doesn't guarantee you anything other than the fact you can play that 4k content on your tv they are saying they're going to release other games that will be available to pro subscribers, but there's no guarantees, and there's there, there's still a bit of an umming and ahhing of how that's going to work. And that was a bit, I think. See, when I think back to like you know, you said about April, May, June time when they did that first launch, mm-hmm. it felt really botched when you compared it with. So I get, I get like you know, Xbox is really good value. You know, nine nine quid a month or ten quid a month, whatever it is, and you get all these games and we're throwing more at it. And I thought when they said Stadia they were going to do 10 quid a month, you'll stream, you're not paying for the hardware, and here's all these games. And there wasn't. It was like, and you need to buy no, the games. So that uh, felt uh, a real ding. Yeah, ultimately that that amount, and this is where it gets, the people have sort of not got confused by it, but just don't kind of appreciate it, I guess. That 899 is effectively to have a, a lease share on a console yeah. that exists elsewhere. Yes. That's re- the reality of it. So effectively you're saying, right, I am willing to pay 899 
for a console that I like part share with other people and that lives out in the wild and that 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 really it will come with added benefits and over time I'm sure those benefits increase as more games are available uh say and as we understand more about how that pro subscription is going to benefit you but yeah it's nothing to do with the games in effect uh it is all to do with the fact that you are running a a, a PC out in the wild um to run these games uh, and that's what costs the money uh, there will be the free tier eventually, but that games will still cost. And at the moment, games are all, of course they are, they're all full price. So even if they're two years old, they're still going to cost you 50, 60 pounds. Uh, so that, again, for a lot of people, leaves a bit of a bad taste in the mouth um, because you can go and buy those games on PC a lot cheaper than that. But uh, again, yeah. if you're buying a game, effectively you're also paying for your part of a console usage to play that game. I still, I still think we'll see a small pivot that says actually we're going to include more as in that subscription service that says it's not just a it's not just the rental of that hardware or the rental of the service, but here's you know so they've I, said more games are going to come. Yeah, along. I don't I don't think it'll be Xbox Game Pass at this point because because Xbox Game Pass is delivered no, way beyond which which yeah, what I really initially massive. thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah it really really has, but I but that's only viable because it's them as a first party games manufacturer it's nothing to do with them as a console manufacturer that's yes. the, that's the difference and, so and, they've and already think, got the money for the hardware yeah i just it just i guess it depends on how successful it's, it's interesting you, you you're positive around the experience i saw two very different playback videos and it, not from any not from like the verge or polygon or anything like that this was like two guys i follow on twitter and it was interesting one was doing it over a 4g connection mm-hmm. and it was live streaming some of it and I was watching... I've not tried anything but the pristine yeah, local yeah, yeah. environment. I, I, and I was, boy, was I impressed with what I saw. Really, really impressed. And he fed back around, you know, lag, virtually not there. And, and then there was somebody else who was in America, um, said he had a fantastic internet connection. And I was amazed at the playable, playable, playable. And it would then just drop for 10 seconds. And it became, and then it would all, you know, that way when we were playing like Halo, you would be, yeah. and it didn't happen often, but you'd be playing, playing, playing. It's all fine. And it'd be a little pause and then it would all catch up. He <clears throat> and was the, and I've heard lots yeah. of that. Yeah, and I've heard lots of, you know, you, I've read around a bit and, you know, you hear reports of that and you there's various other bits of people saying that the quality lost was, you know, having to degrade to to keep up and all those kind but of then, things. But which... then the guy doing the 4G thing in the UK had none of that. And I watched it for probably 20, 25 minutes. And I thought, well, if you're going to experience it, you experience it in that length of time. It wasn't there. Other people have found that their Chromecast Ultras have overheated and they're oh, shut dear. down. Oh, dear. Um, uh, which, again, the initial Google response was, no, that's not because of, that's nothing to do that we're doing. Um, so that must be you. And they're like, no, it just definitely happened. So other people have said that as well. So if they're getting hot to the touch and um, so yeah, so they're, they're getting thermal shutdown. Wow. Um, <clears throat> but say, uh, you know, I've not used it enough and i've not deliberately tried to use it in compromised situations for example that person in america maybe someone on the network was doing something else with it but i'm only uh, using yeah. it in this pristine environment and and i guess the reality of the long-term success of this it's going to have to start being able to cope with that right um again uh, with netflix it'll buffer and it'll take away those things that you don't see whereas a game it cannot it can never no, buffer no and i think that, that, that there's also from my understanding there's a there's a couple of bits of the features then I'm trying to think the proper names. There was like, there was like a feature where you could watch a YouTube trailer and then yeah, you could just none, jump in. That's, that's coming all, next they're year. They're saying now that's it? next year, and they're, they're, that's kind of the features that they said were going to be there, but or certainly 
made were led to believe they were all going to be there and there's things like google assistants not yet activated various other yeah jump in jump out sharing and also the kind of the the crowd like almost yeah. the online aspects of it are not yeah quite because there, there was something about like you could text me and say jump into my game and i would just be able to jump in and i think that's yeah. our next year as well now isn't it yeah that's all yeah. it's all to come um ha- but like i say from a from a technical point of view i am amazed that it's even possible that you know and that's, oh, that's good yeah that's more positive so, than I expected. That's good. But but ultimately, I'm not a gamer anymore, so I don't really play games. So it's, You'll be <laughs> I've, back. I've got my gamer tag, so it's all good. You'll be <laughs> back. Yeah. We'll December see. 3rd. Yeah. December 3rd. Tell you. What am I doing on December 3rd? Um, um, recon. Isn't the, uh, isn't no, the, not isn't Recon. The Star Wars, isn't, isn't that already out? No, Reach. Halo Reach. Oh, maybe. No. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't I still haven't opened my Xbox Elite controller it's still still not there no so, so I must admit I'm very impressed with Elite controller I'm yeah. not I'm not impressed with how bad I am at Call of Duty but I'm, I'm very impressed with Elite controller but you've had a bit of a chance to ha- has your brain even started to understand paddles yet um, yes I have to take them off because um, in frustration when I start to clench the pad everything just gets pressed <laughs> um, so I, and I, I am getting there around you know, one of the you know, like jumps becoming a paddle um, yeah. but actually like the, the, the pad is, is is very slick you know it's it's and it should be it's 160 yeah it's an awful lot of money you know it's more than your more than your um, stadia <laughs> <laughs> but um, but no really really nice pad and um yeah, you know, I think if you're if you're if you're doing a lot of gaming on Xbox, it's a really nice addition. I mean, I think I said to you, you picked up the previous one, and I think I always I was convinced after six months, like yeah, it's something I should do. And I thought they'll bring one out next year, and it just never happened. It's it's taken a while, hasn't it? But, well, it was but two and a half, I think it's two and a half years or something like that. I think they nailed it enough. They didn't need to do a re- redo. Yeah, you're probably. Yeah. It was one of those that I had that little bit of initial buyer's remorse of not doing it day one, and I felt like, well, why am I giving you full price for something that's going to get replaced in a few months' time? Yeah, and it just never happened. Mm. So yeah, um, agreed. I'm, I'm there now. There you go. Okay, I think that's that's all. Bit of a long one today. Sorry about that. Um, thank you very much for listening. If you want to find out who we are, what we do digitaloutbox.com info at digitaloutbox.com is our email address please do reach out if there's anything we haven't covered have covered want to cover in more depth just let us know twitter digital outbox ugh, digital outbox um i'm on twitter as cheesy uk i'm on stadia as cheesy um where are you where are you in? <laughs> <laughs> of course you are um uh iandick.net i'd also say thanks to um jim who did a reach out around browsers again and recommended vivaldi browser as an alternative who knew that the browser market was such a vivaldi Vivaldi. i've never even heard of it It, it, so so if you go to vivaldi.com unless this is actually a horrible bit of spam and it's it's a porn (laughs) site but it's not you can go to vivaldi.com and you're and and you'll see there is a vivaldi browser which he actually really likes um, is it so, based on chromium it, it, of, of course Chris. <laughs> <laughs> i will i i think i'll go and uh, give that a go Why there not? you go so thanks for thanks for reaching out jim and um any, any more browser tips feel free to send them in right thank you everybody we will speak to you next time goodbye goodbye
surprised that domain's available. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how much they paid for it. <laughs> 